Hello, and welcome to the Authorpreneur's Corner. This show is geared towards entrepreneurs, writers, and authors. And for anyone else that would like doses of entrepreneurial wisdom, motivational quotes, and inspiration for their journey. If you're here, then something in your heart is seeking what the other 99% of the population is not. Stay tuned, and you might find a piece of that puzzle here. My name is Bai Garcia, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining. In today's episode, we'll be talking about your time and what it's worth. As a matter of fact, here's a quote I came up with. Please share it and wherever it seems applicable, and please mention me when you do. I'd really appreciate that. We all have two main choices to make with the same 1,440 minutes we all share in a day. We can either spend our time or we can invest our time. Choose wisely before it runs out. By Garcia. So, what is your time worth? $15 an hour? Are you working from home, breaking your back with a minimum wage job, stressing out over a big project that could lead to big deals, bumming it out in your friend's couch or a mother's basement, or are you a homemaker? Are you worth $25 an hour? Maybe you're in the IT profession like me, and can go on a remote job, which can net you anywhere between 60000 a year, all the way to 100 k even 180000 a year. Are you hourly, get paid by accomplishments, seek opportunities, or are you in sales? Every single person out there will most likely attribute their time to a dollar amount, typically an amount of money that they usually make at their latest jobs, which are usually hourly. And for the sake of this podcast, I'll mostly speak in terms of hourly wages. When I was in my early 20s, working with people that were uh, anywhere between 5, 10, even 20 years older than me, we all aspired to move up, but we were all complacent enough to wait. And wait, and wait, and wait some more. And we all got so used to waiting that years could pass before we'd stand up and make the decision to either show we are worthy for more, or move on to something else where we may be valued. I used to work for a, for a company in Miami called BFI, right out of high school. Luckily, it was a desk job, but it was a recycling company. I worked in an office where the back wall shared the same wall where raw garbage was placed. I was the scale operator in that office, weighing trucks that came in with their commodities like um, cardboard, garbage, plastics, glass, etc., right? It was a stinky place to work, and the flies in the summer could block out the sun. I made $10 an hour straight out of high school during a time that those funds could last a lot longer than what it does today. Was I happy about it? Maybe for the first couple of weeks, as I felt like an adult coming out to society with new responsibilities. But why did my mom help me get this job through a friend that she worked with at the bank? Why didn't she try to help me get in touch with a millionaire that could show me the ropes and become a millionaire myself? Why didn't she help me get a job at the bank where she worked 
or any number of places that could be considered. I mean, to be honest, so many options out there. You see, there are several answers to those questions, and some of them include, well, obviously she never knew a millionaire to introduce me to in the first place. She thought I would have to start from the bottom like everyone else. There was um, a certain mindset, and she didn't know otherwise. Well, uh, the questions and answers can be extensive, but now, ask yourself the following questions. No judgments here. Just be honest with yourself. <clears throat> so, what did you do after getting out of high school? Or did you even finish high school? What jobs did you get to date? What training did you get? College, certificates, hands-on, or even university, right? What did your family teach you as a child when it came to money, or was it a taboo subject? What did your family teach you when it came to jobs and responsibilities as you got older? Did they ever get around to telling you what the real world was about? Was education the only thing that would become your salvation from poverty? Did your degree get you the dream job you wanted? Or even a job related to that degree? Yeah, a lot of us started from the bottom or even lower. Some of us may have had more progressive thinking families, but few of us have been blessed to be part of a family that realizes that from a very early age, a child needs to know their worth and how to attain success. The sense of love and family and togetherness, etc. is not the point in this podcast, right? Um, that will usually shine through a family. Have you read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki? If you haven't, then as an entrepreneur, oh well, I think I'd still recommend it regardless of your life plans. But you'd be doing yourself the ultimate disservice by not getting his book by the end of listening to this podcast. I mean, you can get it afterwards. <laughs> That's fine. See, it is, to be honest, in, in, in simple words, it's exceptional and eye-opening. It is a life experience that every entrepreneur wishes they could have gone through. Even myself. If you feel your time is worth anything then you should really get that book. To be honest, I think it's actually available on Audible as well, so that'll make anybody's life easier. You see, from the time that we were all children... Oh, okay, please hear me out and don't take this the wrong way. See, most of us were taught to waste time in different ways. Obviously, not on purpose... But when a family is generally unable to attain major success, then it means they lack an understanding of how to gain those successes in life. What will that family teach the children? When a family is poverty-stricken for decades or even for generations and is unable to get their family out of this poor situation, then what type of advice can the elders of the family give the children from an early age? 
What lessons can a child absorb in their family other than the constant battles and side hustles to make ends meet? A poor family's plight will remain for each generation until someone breaks those chains and makes a change. But how often does that happen? Dr. Bruce Lipton is a pretty awesome guy. You should look up some of his work. Out of many of the fascinating subjects he's spoken about, there is something that fits here in what I am saying. He explains that children from birth to the age of seven, their brains are in a stage of hypnosis just downloading how the world works and how humans interact with the world. He says that the brain is acting at a lower frequency using theta waves. You might be familiar with the term. This is a period of time that we know children are like sponges. A relative says a bad word and the five-year-old child repeats it for the next five days. Not because he likes the word, but because at a subconscious level he knows he needs to practice it, regardless of the meaning. What else do you notice? A child will watch every single thing you do. The way you speak, how you interact with others, and the child learns the many hundreds of thousands of tiny rules that lead a person to be a functional part of society. Like uh, not screaming all day, or people don't bite others so I shouldn't do it either, or stand up straight, etc. In essence, the child's brain is being programmed so that by around age 8, he could start functioning in society and take on responsibilities. Of course, he'll always want playtime, but you know, give him a task and he'll work on it. It is in this way that we can consider why poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich. Robert Kiyosaki explains in his book Rich Dad Poor Dad that someone from a poor family can struggle all his life due to the programming he had as a child, no matter how hard he tries to change things, because his habits and programming always kick in. See, it's the habits and programming that we're talking about here, right? Basically, the poor family may have instilled mantras like, Life is a struggle. You can't afford that. Things are hard. Be happy with the miserable job you got because you could end up jobless too, right? I'm sure many of us have heard those before. Essentially, it's a lifelong sabotage at a subconscious level, and we don't even know it. Then, you can have someone from a rich family be a total freaking idiot and remain rich all his life. Let's exclude the possibility of a family inheritance, just to make things a bit more comparable, right? Let's, let's compare eggs to eggs, not eggs to apples. He may not remain rich because of any critical thinking he may have done, but in fact, the habits that generate wealth were instilled as a child. Meaning that rich idiot is simply making the right moves, unconsciously due to the programming from childhood. The mantras that he may have heard in that family could range from, don't say you can't afford it, figure out how to afford it. Wake up before everyone else and accomplish goals while others are still sleeping. This uh, last one is by Kiyosaki himself. Winners are not afraid of losing, but losers are. 
Failure is a part of the process of success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. That's... Kiyosaki really put it on the bud right there. So, essentially, it's a lifelong success at a subconscious level. You see where I'm getting at here? So, Dr. Bruce Lipton explains that the Jesuits from over 400 years ago have been saying, Allow me to teach a child until age seven, and I will show you the man. <laughs> that, that's, that's intense. Like, how did these people back then figure this out, right? I mean, because they knew that the first seven years of life is the program period, and 95% of the rest of the child's life will be determined by what was programmed. Now, let's, let's take a moment to let all of that sink in. If you need to pause, that's totally fine. Just wait about 30 seconds, reminisce on what I've just explained in the past, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Absorb those concepts, like, like, really just think about it. The things that a poor family would have talked about money, the way how they would have explained things, the way that a rich family would have explained things. Think of the lifelong sabotage at a subconscious level, and think of the lifelong success at a subconscious level. Now ask yourself, what mantras have you been living by? What programming did you get? Every person can feel differently about their own definition of success, and they should. But as that definition of success is considered, it should be placed right beside my original question. What is your time worth? By now, you must have an estimate, right? I mean, <laughs> has that number increased as you've listened to what I've been saying? Is it $100 per hour? Or have you reached $500 per hour? Dr. Jordan Peterson once asked his students, how much time do you waste in a day? And the answer was approximately four to six hours, typically through some type of electronic device that provides entertainment. But there were other ways, including inefficient studying. He went on to quantify that. I'll do the same. So let's just average that out for simplicity, all right? At about 25 hours a week, you'll end up with 100 hours a month. On the other hand, your average job requires 8 hours a day, which is 40 hours a week, and that's 160 hours a month. That's a 60-hour difference. That's insane. We're basically saying that you spend 100 hours a month wasting time. <laughs> Let's not talk about how much time we waste at work, right? <laughs> well, nonetheless, that wasted time equates to about half a year of work weeks. Listen, your time is very valuable, so I will give you a major underestimate of what someone may say their time is worth, especially after listening to this this whole podcast, right? Let's say that your time is worth $30 an hour. This is a price tag that even today, in the year 2021, it still keeps us relatively in poverty. 
I mean, if you're at $30 an hour and that's your only job, can you afford the things that you want? Do, do you feel like you can't really go out anytime you want? I mean, just hear me out. I, I understand some people, they may feel proud at being $30 an hour, but in the grand scheme of things, that's still pretty much at poverty level. Considering 25 hours a week worth of wasted time, which is 100 hours a month, which is 1,200 hours of wasted time a year, that comes up to a grand total of $36,000 a year. There are families out there right now that live on this salary. Add deferred wages, and you might reach about 50000 right? Did you find your time to be more worthy than $30 per hour? Well, uh, let's put it this way. If you're worth $100 per hour, keeping the same formula of 1,200 hours per year of wasted time, that equates to $120,000 of wasted time per year. Sad, isn't it? In essence, we have all wasted time at some point in our lives. I don't mean that any of us were wasting time on any, you know, paths of success that we've chosen. No, no, no. I'm talking about the small bits of time here and there that can be productive. Even daydreaming can be productive depending on your path, goals, or milestones. An artist daydreams, a manager plans, an athlete stretches, and a scientist hypothesizes. These actions or inactions, depending on what you see, may not seem to lead anywhere physically, but they are a part of the process and can help make strides rather than baby steps. Remember, a ship that leaves the harbor without a destination will simply go where the waves take it. Consider what you may or may not have done that does not lead to the attainment of any of your goals. That when you are finished with that act, you feel bad about doing it because you realize your time is worth something and you could have done something more productive. Easily. Easily. Many people reading this right now have a ritual of watching TV or Netflix or Amazon Prime, the news, whatever, right? That can happen for a couple of hours a day. Maybe some people can binge watch episodes of the TV show Friends once a year. Maybe you look through Facebook and Twitter or Instagram and Pinterest, watching videos, liking photos, or getting new ideas that you never act on. Don't get me wrong. I mean, keep in touch with others, but don't dawdle. I mean, really be honest here. How much time throughout the day do you spend where you not following steps and milestones to achieve one of your latest goals? It's mind-boggling how much time can pass before we become conscious of unattended responsibilities. So, here's a solution that Dr. Bruce Lipton suggests. First step. Recognize where you struggle. You may struggle hard to accomplish some goals because the programming you have does not support those goals, no matter how much you want it. Thus, you'll have to work much harder than the person that was brought up with the correct programming. 
Second step, put new programs into your subconscious mind. The conscious mind is creative and can learn in many ways. First, figure out the ways you learn best. Hands-on experience, classroom settings, studying in a crowded Starbucks, whatever. Now, you will consciously learn the programs, but subconsciously, you are still programmed with the old ways. Well, how do you program your mind after age 7? Well, Dr. Bruce Lipton explains that with repetition and practice, you can make it happen. Ever heard of fake it till you make it? Yeah, do that until it becomes second nature. And that's it. It's literally just two steps. Seems simple, right? In all honesty, it's not. You see, consider your current age as you listen to what I'm saying. Are you 22? Are you 45 years old? Are you 16? Now subtract 7 years from your current age. That's how long you've been practicing the programming you learned as a child. Granted, you will, you know, learn many programs over time as you try and practice new things and have new jobs and get with new people, but what I've suggested is not impossible. But if you are not genuine with yourself, if you are not willing to put in the work to change decades worth of practice programming, then it is improbable that you'll stumble upon the success you dream of. So, here are some names to research for inspiration and new thoughts. Dr. Bruce Lipton, Will Smith, yeah, he's got a lot of amazing stuff out there, especially on YouTube. Dr. Jordan Peterson. When you check him out, don't mind his haters. <laughs> They've all been shot down with logic every time. And, obviously, Robert Kiyosaki. Well, that's that's it for now. I, I really look forward to hearing about your thoughts and successes. Be safe, be kind, and take care.